I'm Karen Hall, your host of the Hero Within Podcast. I'm passionate about sharing inspiring true stories of unsung heroes who've overcome some of life's most challenging adversities. Come along with me and learn how you too can find hope and healing to return to love. In part one, we hear from my good friend, Becky Belknap. She has so much faith, and she courageously shares trials that she has experienced, starting as a teen and then dealing with her children's lifelong trials from their genetic disorder. Becky shares how she has coped by turning to Jesus and following the promptings that He has given her. It's wonderful to see you. It's good to see you too. (laughs) So how have you been? I know you got your degree in public health. Yeah. And now I work for the Nexus Coalition for Drug Prevention and I teach in schools and I love that. It's been really rewarding. I just love for our listeners to know you and come and sit down and give you a hug and hear from you. But since they can't, (laughs) the next best thing is we can share your story on the podcast. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. So I want to hear everything. Okay. So this week I'm going to be 51. So I grew up in American Fork, Utah. And when I was 17, my oldest sister died by suicide. And, you know, I grew up with a lot of members and I was a member. And when my sister died, it was so shocking. That was the first time in my life to think about life and death and like, really, are all these things that I'm being taught true? I really needed to decide if their church is true. Mm -hmm. And I think in my heart, I felt like they were true. But that was my first step to really turn to Jesus when I was 17. And It's funny how you can have a family where we all grow up the same way, but everybody just has different life experiences and they do different things. And some of my siblings did not turn to the Lord. They kind of felt like the Lord had abandoned them. And yeah, it is common. And probably when I think about it, one of the reasons why I probably went into drug prevention is because of some of my siblings' choices. It's definitely a way that the world does cope. It's a quick that it takes them away from their stress. Yeah. It can lead to really hard choices. It really is true that when you try to get on the covenant path and stay, things are easier to a certain extent. It's still hard, but it's interesting because like you said, oftentimes we seek relief from whatever that pain is in our heart. And many times when we turn to the Lord, the relief is an instant, but it can feel instant, at least for a moment when you you use some substance of some sort or some activity of some kind, because it distracts your mind for at least a moment to take away from that pain. We all want relief. And it takes a little more patience when you're turning to the Lord. Yeah. And it takes effort. And there was a lot of sad, not only losing my sister because choosing to make those decisions, it really kind of alienated me with some friends. And I just kept trusting that it was going to be worth it. And one thing that is this overarching message from my patriarchal blessing that it said, I was blessed that life will not be easy. And once you know that your life's not going to be easy, it was kind of like, okay, I can do hard things, you know? So that's really powerful that you had that insight when you were young, because a lot of times when someone is dealing with something unexpected, like your sister's death, people describe feeling like they're sideswiped or they just get caught off guard with this surprise thing. But when you realize, oh, well, this is just the way my life is, it's a little bit different when you have just that little twist on that angle that you're looking at it from. Yeah. 
life's not going to be easy, but I've given you these tools that may help. Yeah. So I was just grateful. I had that hard experience when I was young. And I just am really grateful that I tried to turn to the Lord, you know, and this is this constant practicing. And so fast forward it, I get married, have four kids, <laughs> move um, to a totally new state. And so I find out that a couple of my kids have a genetic disorder. We did not have a clue what this was because the way it affected my oldest daughter, it just seemed like learning disabilities. But then the way it affected my youngest at the time, it was a lot more. And looking back 16 years later, I just feel that I was so blessed. It was like this diagnostic odyssey. You're out in the middle of these waves. And really not knowing where to go. And certain doctors were placed in our path. And I look back now and just feel that it has been so amazing. And at the time, they really didn't know. It was so new. It was a form of a mitochondrial disease. And so my kid's actual problem is called Lee syndrome. And at first, they didn't know that the mutation, there's 30 different mutations with just Lee's syndrome. And my kids hit the jackpot on the best one to have. I mean, way to look at that. Oh my goodness. I mean, I look at other moms that kids have had Lee's and a lot of them don't live past the age of two. And a lot of them, they have to have trachs. They have to have feeding tubes. It's just where the mutation has affected their body. And with my kids, it's been their brains. And so they have cognitive disabilities, but they can still function. I just have a constant, I don't know, eight-year-old. And that's not bad. (laughs) An eight-year-old is not bad. (laughs) Yeah. When you thought it was the learning disability at first, and then we're going to doctor's How was that affecting you? What were the feelings that you had? And then as you finally found out what it was, how did you deal with that? Yeah, I think going back to my patriarchal blessing, I think my husband even dealt with it a little differently than I did. And maybe I have been blessed with this, a spiritual blessing of faith, but I always just felt like things were going to be okay. And I know that sounds crazy with my husband. He did not feel that way. Yeah. I know you said he didn't feel that same reassurance. And I know oftentimes when I have not felt reassurance in whatever area I research (laughs) and I go and I learn and I learn, and I know your husband probably likes research too. I mean, I've sensed that from him and I know he started the foundation and I think that was probably a tool that helped him to move through that. But anyway, I wondered if you could speak to that because many times as a couple, it does affect the relationship because the wife and the husband deal with things differently and look at things differently. And sometimes there's stress there too. So I wondered if you could talk a little bit about that. Yeah, it definitely affected him a lot. I'm more of calming, like I'm going to trust the Lord. And he was kind of like, what are we going to do to fix our kids? And the Lord blessed him with so many tender mercies, how things just happened. There was a time he was at school taking our son 
And he saw a little girl and he could tell that she had a movement disorder and she just did not move like a normal kid. And he had walked up to the mom and said, hey, and this is right when we were starting our very first fundraiser to do the Penny Wars. And the mom had said, in a sense, we have seen so many doctors in the Valley. We pretty much moved up to Pine Top Lakeside so that our daughter could die. That was kind of her thing. And my husband had talked to her. And so in the end, he was able to help. And this girl has the exact same genetic mutation that my children have. Yeah. There's like only 30 in the country that have that. And three of them are here where we live. And so he was able to get her hooked up and think with him helping is what really being able to help. And then he studied a lot and through his line of work, he's been able to work with kids with rare genetic disorders. And that has been spiritual for him because he feels like the Lord has opened doors to be able to help other people. And I think as we all learned, knowing that our youngest son is going to live with us forever, it was just a process of accepting a little bit by a little bit. And then just to be okay with it, that it's, that it's okay. Our life's going to look a little different, but that doesn't mean that it's going to be bad. Right, right. That's interesting because I, I did sense from him that that gave him purpose with the foundation and that also gave him connection. So many times if a family has experienced some trauma in their family, it can be very difficult because you've probably grieved some of the losses that you have gone through with your children that maybe they won't be able to do this thing, or maybe they won't have this thing in their future. And I wondered how have you gone through some grieving processes? I just felt like if I just kept plugging away and trying to do what I needed to do, you know, and that was like ups and downs, you know, there were times when things were going well, that you're just like, Hey, life is great. And then my kids can't get a fever. And so if they get a fever, it just puts too much stress on their body. And so then a fever will come and I have to treat it really quick. And almost a hundred percent of the time we have to go to the ER and get them on fluids. And those are the times where the anxiety is so high and you're starting to think, oh my goodness, is this the time? You know, is this going to be the time? And I couldn't deal with that without prayers and feeling the strength of the Lord. You know, I couldn't, I I can't, I still think about it. You know, at the beginning, I was planning funerals all the time in my head and just being like, I can't do this, you know, and just looming. Yeah, right there in front of you all the time and knowing just a fever. Yeah. And that's when I just really had to be like, this is something I have no control over. I've got to turn it over to the Lord or else I was going to go crazy, you know, because I still had three other kids that I still had to take care of and still had to function and all of that, you know. Right. I mean, because your other kids had needs too and your husband. Yeah. And when you're feeling that anxiety and that thought is just paramount in your mind, of course, you're trying to protect them and prepare and all the things that you need to do and don't. 
because you don't know what's around the corner. So I know you said you felt that reassurance that it was all going to be okay. Is that a thought that you just kept going back to, or were there some other things that brought you? It's interesting. Okay. So one time we were driving home from Phoenix Children's Hospital and I remember feeling like I was about to have a heart attack (laughs) and I started running when I was about 33 and it was so weird because I was driving somewhere and I saw somebody out running on the side of the road and I just had this feeling like I would love to get out there and run like that. And so now that I look back and yes, the spirit was saying, Becky, if you couple this with me, (laughs) then you will be able to get through anything. And so that was when I started running. So when I felt like I was having a heart attack, I kept telling myself, okay, 33, you're healthy. You're okay. And I just had to keep deep breathing that because I really felt like I was having a heart attack. But I I knew it was an anxiety attack. Right. And I later learned that when I skipped exercising, usually within four days, that would happen. Oh my goodness. I know. It's so crazy. I found a routine that works for me. And I'm a morning person, you know, getting up in the morning and praying or in the scriptures is really important. And exercise for me, something that can get my heart beating a lot, you know, I found is good and I've loved to run, but I found that together is what helps because some days it'll only do the scriptures. And then I don't know if it's the heart rate or if it's, I exercise with friends and how important it is for women to talk with each other. I was going to say, you built that support system with those ladies that you were yeah, talking to. Like we need friends. We really do. So now I look back and think the exercise is 50% for my heart and 50% for my head. And so that really helped. And that ended up being a really good routine that I just felt good about myself. And when you feel good about yourself, it's amazing how it opens a good pathway. Yeah. I love Becky's vulnerability and honesty as she shared what she's been through and how she and her husband dealt with things differently. You'll want to stay tuned for part two to hear Becky talk about the gifts that she's received through her trials. Thanks for listening. I know you're busy. Did you know that you help spread the love by leaving a review and following? This helps increase our visibility so people can find us online. I really appreciate your help. I'm wishing you lots of love in your own hero's journey.